This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. I am not Andrew Coppins. I am Pat Oney. And uh, Andrew is, is not here today. I'm not really sure why he's not here today, but I think it might have something to do with tomorrow, Saturday, being that um, his lowly Wisconsin Badgers are are facing off against my Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus tomorrow. And I don't think he wanted to do a show with me today because he he just knew that um, his Wisconsin Badgers are likely going to get curb stomped tomorrow drop kicked tossed around like a little rag doll that the uh little weasels that the uh, badgers actually are so I, I i just don't think he wanted to do a show with me today because he he just he couldn't face the idea of doing a show with a buckeye while his badgers are uh just going to get the crap kicked out of them is is likely what's going to happen uh, sincerely, though, I, I do wish the uh, Wisconsin Badgers a good rest of the season. It's just not going to be tomorrow. And then, in a serious note, Andrew is actually on his way up to Wisconsin for some family stuff, so I am filling in with, for him today. You can follow me over on all the social media channels at the Penony Show. You can follow Andrew at the Coppin Show, except for Instagram, which I believe is at Critical Thinking Show now. Uh, apparently, there was some confusion with his. Uh, a real estate account and his show account. So <clears throat> he is, he, he changed that up. So uh, be aware of that. And since Andrew is not here today, we're not going to be doing a typical Friday show. Um, we will still do a version of the beer, not the bee. And by that, I mean, I will do a Babylon B story for you. Um, I will do my best and worst of the week since that's what we've been doing lately in terms of the, the front of the show. 
Um, I will also crown a new Richard of the Week, but there will be no formal friar. Um, there's, there's just, yeah, there, there's not going to be any of that stuff today. Um, you know, so it'll just, just be little old me, just little old me today. Um, so we will get into all of that here very soon. Um, before I do though, I, I have to address this story up front because this is actually kind of sad, funny, predictable, and just, I have no trust in it whatsoever. freaking ever. I'm not even sure that all of these things are the right things to be, to be going about politics in America, but I digress. So Kevin McCarthy has laid out a plan. If Republicans take back the house, um, in the upcoming midterms, um, first of all, we, we've said this before the red wave that is supposedly coming, which I don't know that it's going to be as much of a red wave as many people would like like to hope for. I think the Senate is a toss-up. I think the House is pretty well locked up at this point for the Republicans, but uh, the Senate is still very much a toss-up. I think at best you get 52 Republicans, and that's at best. Um, I still think you're probably going to end up about where we are now um, with a Democrat majority, but we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Um, as the election uh, deadline narrows and polls start to tighten and whatnot with this election. <clears throat> so Kevin McCarthy lays out this plan and I, I have zero trust in it. Zero. Um, as Andrew put it, because Andrew's the one that actually sent this to me, said uh, it's about worth the toilet paper I, I wipe my ass on. And I said that that was an insult to Charmin because I think Charmin and toilet paper in general is probably worth more than this. But he outlines um, some things. Uh, His first bullet point is to fight inflation and lower the cost of living. Okay, great. How are you going to do that? Well, they're going to curb wasteful government spending that is raising the price of groceries, gas, cars, and housing, and growing our national debt. Um, what? Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, wasteful government spending is kind of hilarious coming from the, the current GOP, considering how many bills they have voted for in the last, oh, give or take 20 plus years now. Actually, no, 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 no. It's, it's longer than that. It's probably pushing more like 30 plus years now of how they continue to spend, 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 and spend some more. The Republicans subscribe to modern monetary theory just as much as the Democrats do. They just spend it on different things. And they keep wasting our money. So, love to see how they're going to curb wasteful government spending, but there's more. And I know what you're thinking you're thinking, how could there possibly be more? Like, because that alone should discredit this whole thing, right? Well, increase take-home pay, create good-paying jobs, and bring stability to the economy through pro-growth tax and deregulatory policies. Okay, um, that all sounds great, grand, and wonderful. I mean, I I always love more take-home pay and less taxes because hashtag taxation is theft. But um, what exactly are they going to do to create more take-home pay? 
um, and creates good paying jobs, which, I mean, there are good paying jobs now. There are, there are, there are, I mean, with the unemployment, uh, where it is now, there are a lot of jobs out there to be had. Inflation, on the other hand, is causing all the goods and everything to go up, which really means our, our, our wage growth is not keeping up. And so, um, that being said, shouldn't the, the real plan here be to address things like inflation and bringing down inflation so that we can create real wage growth and real prosperity within the country? Because here's the thing, I don't, I don't expect government, nor do I think government should have a role in, unless it's a government job, of course, in terms of what my wage growth should be. I, I, I don't want them involved in that. But I digress. Um, he, he apparently, increased take-home pay, create good-paying jobs, and bring stability to the economy through pro-growth tax and deregulatory policies. I'd love to know which policies, by the way, they're going to uh, deregulate because that would also be good to know. They, they don't mention that here. Uh, then he goes into make America energy independent and reduce gas prices. D- does our government really have the ability to change gas prices? I mean, of course they have the ability to somewhat influence it, but are, can they really drastically change gas prices? I've questioned that for years. I don't know that they can. I do know that they can make bad policy that could also negatively in, in, uh, uh, impact gas prices. Then he goes into maximize production of reliable, cleaner, American-made energy and cut the permitting process time in half to reduce reliance on foreign countries, preventing rolling blackouts and lower the cost of gas and utilities. I have a question. Kevin McCarthy is the representative in what state? All right, California. California just recently banned the use of gas cars uh, in to- starting in 2035. Exactly what is it that he's going to do that is uh, going to make us more energy independent, considering, by the way, all the energy issues that California is having right now? What exactly is, is this going to do? How is this going to help his own state? I mean, don't get me wrong. Lowering the cost of gas and utilities sounds great. Uh, Getting into reliable, cleaner, American-made energy sounds great. How are you going to do that? Cutting the permitting process time in half to reduce reliance on foreign countries? That means diddly squat to me, honestly. Um, I I care more about how you're actually going to save our country money on energy at the end of the day and make us more energy efficient and energy-independent on top of it but this doesn't tell me that either next strengthen the supply chain and independence on china okay i like this idea i like the idea of reducing our dependence on china and reducing their influence over us in terms of our debt and all of those things i'm all for it especially with where the china american relations are right now I'm all for it. I'm all for ending those partnerships, those really bad partnerships that we really shouldn't be in bed with anyway. I'm all for that. 
But he says, move supply chains away from China, expand U.S. manufacturing, and enhance America's economic competitiveness and cyber resiliency. Okay. So you remember back to the first point where, you know, they, they want to cut uh, wasteful government spending? Exactly what are they going to do here that doesn't spend money? And what are they going to do here that expands U.S. manufacturing without spending money? How are they going to in, uh, enhance America's economic competitiveness? Now, granted, if they can bring more manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. and and, and away from China, and uh, m- you know, basically be able to to produce good products here and be able to pay everybody a good living wage, um, and companies can afford that. I'm all for that. Um, cyber resiliency. I don't. I, I don't know why we haven't really done that already. Um, but again, where does where does this not where does this part of the plan not entail some kind of government spending here? Remember, he he talked about cutting government spending in the very beginning of this. I don't know that that's going to be the case. Uh, then he's got secure the border and combat illegal immigration. Okay, heard this story before, um, and we're still having border issues. So fully fund effective border enforcement strategies, infrastructure, and advanced technology to prevent illegal crossings and trafficking by cartels. Andrew and I have talked about this many times in, in, in the past when it comes to immigration, and our immigration policies are fundamentally broken. So... Why would we keep doing more of the same old crap that we've been doing for years and it doesn't work? It doesn't work politically. It's never really worked out in reality. It, it just it, it's it's not a great talking point. Isn't there a better way where we can both have justice and mercy when it comes to illegal immigration? In other words, we send illegal people back to their countries. But we also come up with a system that allows people to immigrate here a little easier and a little fairer. Like, I don't know, Andrew had a great idea of if they if they agree to work come and work for a company here in the United States and that company has vetted them, make sure that they don't have any kind of illegal background and, and have uh, any criminal background uh, and, and they've done their, their due diligence. Why can't they come work here? Why can't they get that green card, come immigrate here? And then while they're here, you know, if they want to go through the process of becoming a citizen, why not? Why not do those things? Is that not more economically feasible for our country and also make more sense when it comes to vetting who comes into our country? Because here's the thing. I've said this before as well. We have every right to know who is coming here and why. Just like you do your own house. You keep your doors locked, right? Anytime someone comes to your door, you want to know who's at your door. You want to know why they're at your door. And if they're trying to come into your house, why are they coming into your house? Do you know that person? Do you not know that person? It's the same thing with our our border, really. Do we know these people that are coming into our country? Do we know them enough that we would feel comfortable letting them into this country? Have we done our due diligence? Have we done background checks? Have we done those things? And then if they're coming here to, to work... They, they have gone through the process of getting that green card, of, of doing all of those things. 
and they've they have a job lined up already why not why not bring them into the country it it, it immigration one done correctly has been good for this country it has so why not do something like that but this doesn't address any kind of policy change this is oh we're gonna we're gonna you know and have enforcement strategies and infrastructure and advanced technology to prevent illegal crossings those crossings are still going to happen we're still going to have an illegal immigration problem and that's to say if he can even get this stuff passed which republicans have been historically bad at so is this gonna happen i have my doubts i don't know but I don't really like the vagueness of this policy because it's to me it just sounds more like the same old crap when it comes to immigration all over again. He also wants to end catch and release loopholes, require legal status to get a job, and eliminate welfare incentives. Okay, again, I've heard this story before. This this is the same old story. How are you doing this? This this got nothing. Next is reduce crime and protect public safety. Support 200,000 more police officers through recruiting bonuses and oppose all efforts to defund the police. That sounds great. Grand and wonderful, too. I don't like the idea of defunding the police. Never have, never will. Uh, it, it was a very bad policy when it was done in states like Minnesota. And look at where they are now. Um, I, I get all of that. But at the same time, I also want accountability for police officers, too, because there are bad police officers out there. Um, and then he's also cracked down on prosecutors uh, and district attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes while permanently criminalizing all forms of illicit fentanyl. I, I don't really know where this comes from. Um, you know, it, 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 the, I, I don't even know how this plays a part here. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are, there have been some bad prosecutors that we've covered here on the show and in terms of different cases that we've covered that, that have been bad. Um, I, I don't know why this is when, when it comes to pr the prosecutors, federal prosecutors. Sure. But when it comes to those on the state level, that should be in, in, in terms of the, the state government and local governments in, in, on, on those levels, taking care of those kind of prosecutors. I understand a federal level, um, but this is, this doesn't really explicitly say that. And I, I'm not really sure where that one comes from. Uh, defend America's national security, support troops and invest in efficient, effective military establishment, a Senate committee on China and exercise peace through strength with our allies to uh, counter increasing global threats. Okay. If you're going to do this, one, obviously, there's going to be government spending with this. Um, and remember, he, he said he wanted to cut wasteful government spending. Two, uh, if you're going to show strength, you need to show the right strength and, and um, not make empty threats, first of all. Um, you also want to try to make peace in the world, including um, those that, that are against us. Um, so that, you know, they, they, you know, don't do anything stupid. Um, and that's, you know, by showing strength. But if you're going to do this, there's another key part that's missing here. And that is, uh, an actual strong president. And I don't necessarily mean Donald Trump, by the way, even though he 
had much better foreign policy than I would have ever expected. Uh, we have a very feeble president right now who has been wrong on virtually every, if not every foreign policy decision um, in the last, what, 49-ish years now that he's been in office. So you need a strong leader at the helm if you're going to have a strong foreign policy and be able to stand up to countries like China. This can't just be from a legislative standpoint. You actually have to have a strong leader to also be effective with this. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't see Kevin McCarthy being able to accomplish this on his own, let alone before the 2024 election cycle. Because we, we again, we have a very feeble president who, who can't do foreign policy to save his life. So we then have, make sure every student can succeed and give parents a voice. Uh, advance the, the the Parents' Bill of Rights, recover lost learning from school closures, and expand parental choice so over a million more students can receive the education their parents know is best. So I, I have questions on this one too. Uh, what does he mean by parental choice? Does that mean like uh, putting taking your kid out of school and doing homeschooling? Does that mean uh, taking them to a or private or charter school? Or does that mean... Can we actually fund students and not systems? And that way parents can send them to the best possible public school of their choosing. That would be the best fit for their kids. Um, what does that entail? And again, obviously there's probably government spending with this one too. And again, he, he talked about, you know, getting rid of wasteful government spending. <sighs> yeah. Uh, oh, and reducing the deficit as well. I, I, I don't see how this is going to happen um, with, with some of these ideas. So, But I have questions with this one. Um, and then how do you recover lost learning, by the way, from school closures? Because those students have already advanced in, in their um, school careers. They, they've moved up grades and, and whatever the case may be. Um, you know, Some have even graduated. So how do, how do you actually recover the lost learning? Again, the vagueness here is is astounding. Defend fairness by ensuring that only women can compete in women's sports. Okay, great. This this might be, of everything that he has on here so far, this might be the best point that he's made. I still would like to know, like, okay, how are you going to, to do that? But the concept here is only women can play women's sports. In other words, only biological women can play women's sports. So that's that's at least good. Again, like to know how, but this is this is probably the most feasible thing I think that he's given so far that I haven't been able to really truly question. Achieve longer, healthier lives for Americans. How do you do that over the last two years, given the nature of the jab, by the way? How do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile when you were part of the party of which the president at the time of Operation Warp Speed who pushed out that jab? How do you how do you do that exactly? Do I really want to put the trust of my health care in the government ever again, Democrat or Republican, for that matter? The answer is hell no. No, I don't. 
I want that to be between me and my doctor and my family. That's it. That's all that needs to be involved. And if I can achieve longer, healthier life for myself, then great. Then I've, I've, done, I've done what I needed to do. I don't need the government to do this for me. Personalized care can to affordable options and better quality delivered by trusted doctors. I don't, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are, are usually fairly happy with their um, family uh, care providers. Um, are we talking like affordable options in terms of insurance? Um, are we talking, and what do you mean by trusted doctors? Isn't it kind of up to me to figure out who a trusted doctor is or not? What kind of doctor I want to see or not? I just throwing it out there. Lower prices through transparency, choice, and competition invest in life-saving cures and improve access to telemedicine. Telemedicine has been a big thing over the last few years. That's becoming a growing trend, which is great. Um, lowering prices through transparency, I think, is great. So, like, you want to create choice, competition in terms of healthcare providers, in terms of hospitals. I think that's great. Um, that that would be good um, for for the country, as especially as technology develops in telemedicine as well. Um, confront big tech and demands and demand fairness. We've seen government try to do this several times over the last few years. Uh, provide greater privacy and, and data security protections, equip parents and, and more t tools to keep their kids safe online and stop companies from putting politics ahead of people. Again, how are they going to do that? Exactly. Like, what's the plan there? I, I usually, when a government is big enough to uh, do things like this, I mean, they're they're big enough to take our rights away. So I'm curious to see of of what their plan is and how they're going to make us feel more comfortable in terms of keeping our own civil liberties as well during all of this. Uh, let's see. Preserve our constitutional freedoms. Uphold free speech. Protect the lives of unborn children and their mothers. Guarantee religious freedom and safeguard the Second Amendment. Yeah, because Republicans have done a bang-up job on, on all of those things over the years, too. Um, granted, we, we just got rid of Roe versus Wade, which is great. Um, so protecting unborn children is, is good. I don't know how you're going to impact that on a state-by-state -state basis. This is not something that should be coming from the federal level. We just got rid of a federal law on this because the Supreme Court ruled that, hey, this is a state-by-state -state issue. So don't know how that's going to happen. Um, and then religious freedom. Again, government's been a done a bang-up job on that. Um, Republicans have, have caved on things. I mean, there have even been Republicans that have supported common-sense gun control. And I say common-sense gun control in air quotes. There, there has been that when, you know, shall not be infringed is is uh, written in that particular amendment. But hey, the Republicans, they're not Democrats. They're going to pass common sense gun control that doesn't infringe upon your freedom. He said the liar, by the way. Um, hold Washington accountable. 
I, I, I love it when politicians do this one because it's like, okay, we're going to hold Washington accountable. How? This is, this is one you hear almost every election cycle somewhere. We're going to hold our, our, our Washington elites more accountable. How? Exactly. Because if we were holding people truly accountable, how are people like, uh, gee, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi still in office? How are people like uh, Elon Omar still in office? When you have all the corruption surrounding them, how is someone like Hillary Clinton not behind bars given all the corruption and crap that, that went on with her? So uh, what what is this accountability thing that you speak of? Is it more like the uh, hearings that, that Trey Gowdy and Jason Chaffetz held uh, way back when, um, when, when the whole email scandal was going on and nothing happened? What about Benghazi? Nothing happened. Obamacare, nothing happened. Uh, what about all that account? What about the accountability of this administration? Haven't have uh, this current, the Biden administration that is. What about even the Trump administration, especially if they've got some of the receipts of the whole Mar-a-Lago raid, and if if Trump had some of the these documents and and that he shouldn't have had. Um, he should be held accountable. Are, are Republicans willing to do that? Are they? I don't know. Are they willing to hold Joe Biden accountable? Are they willing to hold Hunter Biden accountable? And go after this administration of what what their, their dealings with Ukraine and China are? Are they willing to do that? They might hold hearings. But if that's... If holding a hearing is, is holding um, Washington accountable... Then, uh, then we're doing it wrong. Very, very wrong. Uh, let's see. Conduct rigorous oversight to rein government abuse of power and, co- and corruption. Provide real transparency. Require the White House to answer for its incompetence at home and abroad. Again, kind of going back to my point. If all you're going to do is hold hearings... Just don't. Don't even waste my time. Don't even waste my time. Uh, Save, strengthen Social Security and Medicare. Heard that one before, too. Again, how? And uh, doesn't that also entail uh, government spending? You know, especially when when he wants to reduce wasteful government spending and reduce the deficit. Uh, Just how? How are you going to do that? Restore the people's voice. What does that mean? I mean, the, the people use their voices all the time. Um, it's just, you know, right now we have one group of people being louder than another. Um, and, and, you know, the pendulum tends to swing back and forth. But but how exactly have people lost their voice? I, I don't know. And special treatment of members of Congress by repealing proxy voting and increased accountability in the election process through voter ID, accurate voter rolls, and observer access. Um, I mean, I'm all for ending special special treatment for any member of Congress, by the way. I, I don't think Congress should be getting any kind of special treatment. So, and then proxy voting? Mm-mm. Nope, no proxy voting. That's stupid. You're either there or you're not. Um, and so, and then also, you know, voter IDs and stuff like that, that's great. That's all well and good. 
Some states have been successful with that. Other states haven't. Again, a lot of these things come down to a state-level thing. It's not a federal, uh, within the federal purview. Each state has their own election laws. So this whole thing is weak. And I, I stand by my premise that when Andrew Coppin said that this is not worth the toilet paper he wipes his ass with, I still think it's an insult to Charmin. But the red wave is going to come and save us in just about a month and a half now, said the liar. Because the red wave, as we've mentioned time and time again, is not coming to save us. Not coming to save us. Alrighty then, time for my worst story of the week and then my best story of the week. My worst story, we actually already covered... Uh, I think it was actually on Wednesday. It might have been yesterday, but I, I think it was Wednesday when we talked about Vanderbilt uh, and what's going on there right now with, with the transgender clinic and the horrific things that are going on. I've put some thought into this, and you know, the governor of, of Tennessee has launched an investigation Marsha Blackburn, I think, has also talked about, uh, you know, calling for an investigation and and whatnot of Vanderbilt. I guess here's my question. You know, Matt Walsh brought the receipts. The proof is out there. Should there be a trial for these people? Sure, I'll I'll grant you a trial. You know, I I, I think to be just and fair, I think a trial should happen. Um, I do think an investigation should happen. But while this investigation is going on, Vanderbilt as a university should be shut down. And, and until the investigation, at the very least until the investigation is complete. Because how deep does this thing go at Vanderbilt? And, and anyone that is involved with this remotely should be held accountable. Um, and thrown in prison, and also put on trial. Again, I'll, I'll, I will grant anyone the right to a fair trial. Um, that I think that is a, a an important premise to remember. But until then, Vanderbilt should be shut down, and they should be absolutely ashamed of themselves because this is absolutely horrific. You know, we thought we talk about the spirit of the age all the time on this show, and. You want to talk about the spirit of the age showing its ugly head? It's at Vanderbilt. And we shouldn't wait to put an end to evil. When evil like this is happening, we need to act. Period. There is no waiting for permission. I mean, you look at the the uh, events that happened in Martha's Vineyard this last week. What did they do? They quoted, took out the trash. In other words, they got rid of all the illegal immigrants and sent them back. And sent them not just back to where they came from, but back to their respective countries. Like they are sending them back, which is what they should do, which is what the border states have been trying to do. But yet they get ridiculed for it by not being compassionate enough to illegal immigrants. But when we send them to places that are for these kinds of things, for these kinds of illegal immigration policies and just having open borders, we get a whole different tune. 
But when it actually happens to them, oh no, they can't stay here. Martha's Vineyard didn't wait for it to ask permission. They just did it. They didn't wait for a Supreme Court ruling. They just did it. Because it was within their purview. It's the same thing with Vanderbilt. If we want to be a moral and just and righteous society, we have a moral obligation to say, Vanderbilt, uh, you, you can't be uh, in, in open right now. You can't be open for business. You can't be open for, for classes right now pending this investigation. You can't do it. Can't do it. We need, we need an investigation and we need to get to the bottom of this and we need to understand why these things were happening and put an end to this evil. And until we have fundamentally cleaned house and taken care of every last speck of evil at this university, it should be shut down. We shouldn't be waiting for any kind of permission from our government to make that happen. If you're a parent and you had a kid going to this school or you had a kid treated in the transgender clinic, as a parent, you should have the right to take some action, bring lawsuits, all sorts of things, all the things to be able to make them feel the pain for their evil sin. That's what should be happening. We shouldn't be waiting for any kind of government permission. If we want to be a moral, good, just, righteous society, we also need to be a society that takes good, moral, and just, and righteous action when evil is showing its ugly head. That's my worst story of the week. My best story of the week, however, is much lighter than this. I I discovered this a few days ago. And I'm sure many people have seen it by now. If you haven't, I highly recommend going and watching the video. But it is of Eli Manning. Uh, He went undercover at uh, Penn State football and was going there as a a walk-on tryout for quarterback. All dressed up in disguise and called himself Chad Powers. And put on quite the show. And, uh, you know, of course, head coach James Franklin was in on it. I think a few others were probably in on it as well. Um, and had some fun um, just, you know, being goofy with it. And it, it, it's actually really, really funny. But that by the end of the video, um, it's incredibly heartwarming because it uh, kind of goes into the story of walk-ons a little bit and around the country. And Penn State has a, a pretty cool tradition of having walk-on um, athletes um, throughout their their university, and um, Eli Manning was there, and he uh, um, decided uh, to to be at a practice one day, not dressed up. He was there just as Eli Manning, and he got to announce one of the walk-ons on the team that was there at tryouts was now under full scholarship, and and I I just thought that that was incredibly heartwarming and cool. Um, and it's, it's, it's great to see stories like this. Um, being that I'm a big basketball fan, you know, Michael Jordan was always my favorite athlete of all time and still is. Um, <clears throat> but when it comes to football, you know, Peyton Manning is probably my favorite, my favorite football player of all time. However, he did not play for the team that I, I root for. 
Um, being a Ravens fan, he played for the Indianapolis Colts and then the Denver Broncos. But then Eli Manning, I think, is probably a close second in, in football. And I've always really liked the Manning brothers because of the, the class that they show, both on and off the field, um, how they carry themselves, the, the, the humor and hilarity that they bring into everything that they do. Um, it, they, they just seem very salt-of-the-earth kind of guys that are just very down-to-earth. It would be a lot of fun just to sit down and have a conversation with, maybe even throw a football around. I think that would be a lot of fun too. So uh, I, that, that is my best story of the week. All right, uh, let's get into the today's Babylon Bee story then. Today's Babylon Bee headline is 10 Telltale Signs the FBI is Listening on Your Phone Call. Are you a red-blooded American patriot who loves God, guns, family, and freedom? Better watch out. The FBI probably thinks you're a domestic terrorist. They could be watching you uh, read this right now. They could be listening to your phone calls. Fight back against the feds by learning how to tell tale signs of, of them is listening in on your phone conversation. First one. You hear slow, heavy mouth breathing on the line and the faint sound of CNN playing on someone's TV creepy the hold music too the hold music sounds especially like the guy humming out of tune George Michael's careless whisper sounds nothing like that <laughs> three all your insurrection attempts have been foiled how do they know four you see a guy with an FBI hat hiding in the bushes with headphones on. Or that might be your weird neighbor, Steve. Five. You're bragging about your beautiful how, how beautiful your golf course is. Everyone says how it's tremendous, really, to everyone's favorite president of all time. Oh no, you're Donald Trump. Yep, your phone is definitely bugged. Six. All the details for the surprise birthday party you're throwing for your spouse get leaked to CNN. And now the fake news is all out on your front lawn. Not cool, FBI. Seven. When chatting with friends about what you what to do for this weekend, you hear a voice say, or maybe you could even kidnap governor of Michigan. Subtle. Eight. Your eardrums are shattered by a loud screech of unbridled rage whenever you say the word Trump. Nine. You feel the person you're taking uh, is stalling, keeping you out of line for extra time. Then suddenly you hear, okay, people, we got it. Prepare to be raided. MAGA terrorist. And ten. You've ever attended a school board meeting. You're clearly dangerous. And that will be your Babylon Bee headline for the day. Now we'll end the show on one of our favorite segments of the week, and that is crowning a brand new Richard of the Week. Uh, here are today's nominees. We first have, let's see. Uh, we first have, Stacey Abrams, and we actually, Andrew played this clip on yesterday's show of her talking about how a uh, heartbeat can't be detected after six weeks of pregnancy. Uh, so Stacey Abrams is one. Uh, 
She really ought to go back to writing romance novels, by the way. She was probably better at that than, than being a politician. Um, and then, of course, we have Vladimir Putin for his uh, conscript remarks and uh, using any means necessary and how it's, a, it's apparently not a bluff. But my experience, if you have to say something is not a bluff, it's usually a bluff. And on that note, um, I also have to point out, too, I, I put some thought into this. When in regards to Putin, I know some people think he's a madman, and he very well may be. I don't know that he is, though. I think he comes across as a madman, but I think he is someone that is more desperate for power and more desperate for a win than not. Considering Ukraine should have been easy for him to supposedly have taken over, and it's not, I think he's desperate for a win of some kind. So I, I don't know that he's a madman. I think he's just very, very desperate. And I don't know what that necessarily means. I do know that desperation can make him very, very dangerous, though, and should not be underestimated. Hopefully it does not come to what we fear could happen um, and what he appears to be threatening in that and being potentially World War III and also nuclear war. Um, hopefully that does not happen. Then we have... Uh, Don the Lemon, um, for his comments about the British monarchy owing reparations. That was really, really bad. And then, of course, we have Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau comes, uh, according to this headline, so Justin Trudeau comes to help of American women and getting them access to abortion. So in other words, he is helping American women into Canada so that they can have an abortion, so that they can kill their babies. He is part of the killing of babies, if that is the case. And that is very, very Richard. That being said, who is our new Richard of the week? Well, I don't know that he's a new Richard of the Week because he's won almost all of the Richard of the Weeks this year, that being Vladimir Putin. Stacey Abrams was was the close second, though. Um, so Vladimir Putin, um, for his conscript remarks, for you know saying you know Russia will, will vows to do whatever it takes, um, and to quote him, actually, is says, Russia will use all instruments at its disposal to counter a threat against its territorial integrity, which Andrew pointed out what does that actually mean is he talking about russia or is he talking about how he believes ukraine is part of russia and that is part of their territorial integrity and he said that this is not a bluff again my experience if you have to say it's not a bluff it's probably a bluff but again i think putin is desperate and if he is as desperate as i think he could be i wouldn't underestimate him and I wouldn't just say this is not, uh, or that or that this is a bluff. I wouldn't just say that this is one. It still may not be, but he does seem desperate in my mind. All right, and that's going to do it for me today. I think Andrew will be back on Monday. If not, I will be filling in for him yet again. Um, so uh, we will see you on Monday. Until then, do not get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. 
And in a world where if you want to try to be like somebody in this world, maybe try being a little bit more like Eli Manning because that story was really, really cool. We'll see you Monday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.